News, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, uh, Kane listeners here on a big Tuesday, uh, August the 9th on Bayou Sports, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. You know, uh, this morning uh, I see where the coaches poll has been released uh, for college football we're right around the corner. Of course, the Saints play uh, Saturday night. Of course, Alabama draws the number one um, preseason uh, poll, followed by Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame are the top five. Uh, in it, uh, they talk about um, basically the SEC leads the way with six ranked teams, followed by the ACC with five, Big Ten with four, Big 12 with four, Pac-12 with three, and the American with two, along with independent uh, Notre Dame. Of course, uh, how each member of the randomly selected panel of FBS coaches submit a top 25 each week with first place vote worth 25 points, second place 24, and so on down the line. Uh, looking ahead, the AP poll comes out next week, uh, and the season kicks off in 18 days, August the 27th, Jeff. And uh, before you know it, uh, college football will be here. Yeah, I'm a couple of weeks from Thursday night, first game, but... Uh, looking at that poll, uh, and LN made mention of it just a moment ago, uh, LSU not in the top 25 for the first time in quite some time for yeah, a preseason you. poll. Yeah, like 20 years maybe. or It was just 22 years, maybe the year 2000 when Nick Saban came into LSU after Jerry Donato was parted. Uh, so uh, the Tigers not in there for the first time in 22 years, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll have something to say with some of the teams in this poll, too. And off the top of my head, of course, they play Alabama. don't think they play Georgia, but they do play Texas A&M, along with uh, just going through the list here. Uh, uh, might be – I think they – I'm not sure they play Kentucky this year. Arkansas they do play. Ole Miss they do play. So they play four of them at least out of the top uh, 25 to start off the year. So uh, – should be interesting in the, the in that regard, Jeff. Uh, the the idea that Texas um, yeah. overall number eighteen, but received a first place vote. It uh, went five and seven. Uh, last which, year. which Manning was that? Yeah, that gave them a, a first place vote. In the You're right about poll. that. They went five and seven. They're the only team here in the top twenty five. Well, that had to be Circassian, right? It's the coaches. Bowl. Yeah, who you're else? right. You're right. Uh, who knows who else? Maybe maybe his. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Maybe Nick Saban gave him a vote. You know, Steve Spurrier, when he went to Florida, gave Duke a, a vote every year. And Duke was uh, not necessarily in the top uh, 25, but they received a vote every year when he was at Florida, when he was on the coaches poll. So uh, somebody uh, showing uh, I love the alma mater. Well, no, his, his alma mater was Florida, but he... He, his first coaching gig, I believe, was at Duke. That's correct. And uh, he coached at Duke, won a conference championship one year while he was there, which, of course, heading back to Florida is no surprise since he was a Heisman Trophy winner in 66 at Florida. And uh, also, you know, a lot of people didn't realize not only he was a quarterback in Florida, but he was the extra point kicker. He was the punter. He just he did everything. And he was an excellent basketball player. Could have played with Kentucky back in the day, but uh, chose Florida to play football. And the rest is history right now. Elsewhere uh, in uh, college sports, Jeff, uh, local teams uh, practicing hard each day. Uh, in that regard, with UL Lafayette and along with uh, LSU. Uh, of course, the other state teams uh, around uh, with their Southern and Grambling. See, reports every once in a while coming out of Grambling and Nichols along with McNeese, Tulane, uh, Southeastern, uh, who journeys to Lafayette to take on UL. Uh, in the first, UL's first game of the year, along with Southeastern, it should be an interesting contest. Uh, both New Iberian native head football coaches and Frank Selfo and Mike Desimo. So uh, curious to see the outcome of that game, too. <laughs> would be interesting. That would be interesting if Southeast won. Oh, I, but, uh, uh, I think that would be stretching a little bit. That's uh, what I mean. That's why yeah. it would be interesting. You know, they only have 62 scholarship players compared to the Cajuns 85. Exactly, and exactly. a lot more talent at UL Lafayette. So um, we'll see how that all comes to a fruition, but uh, I'd, I'd suggest, and I don't know if you could find a, a point spread, but I'm sure it would be at least three touchdowns or more. Anyway, anything else uh, in college football before we head on? Maybe a little Saints news? No, no, feel free to move on. 
All right. Well, you know, they're optimistic about Cesar Ruiz. Uh, of course, uh, they say uh, had a nice article on him recently about uh, the lack of a true offseason he had. And he was a center in college learning how to play guard. And uh, Jabari Evans was pulled in uh, with the Saints uh, to show him a few things. Uh, Jabari Evans, uh, of course, a five-time All-Pro with the Saints. And showing how to use his hands a little bit better and learning the uh, – the, the position in that regard. So uh, we'll see how uh, Jabari Evans says. I know he was the one that took a lot of grief with the Saints offensive line this past year. And um, he, uh, he's he got to show improvement. Uh, number one draft choice of the Saints uh, three years ago in 2019. Elsewhere, uh, you saw where uh, Jameis Winston rolled his ankle yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and uh, some concern obviously there, but – um, hopefully not too uh, tweaked his foot, uh, he said, uh, tweaked his foot. So uh, we'll see how. Uh, I'm sure he'll be ready for Saturday night. But would he even? who knows if he'll even play? I, I was going to say, uh, tough to say if he would have played in the first point. Um, he kind of tweaked his foot a little bit, quoting Allen. Went in for some evaluations. Don't have an update on that for this story. But he was kind of rolling out. I think it was in the seven-on-seven period where he, Kind of felt it tweak a little bit, so we wanted to go in and get him evaluated. He went on to an appearance on the NFL Network, which was live on site at Saints training camp yesterday, so that Winston rolled the ankle. Saints spokesman later clarified that Winston's injury was indeed to his foot, not the ankle. Winston has participated in every practice thus far. Uh, Andy Dalton worked with the first-team offense afterward, completing 9 of 15 passes. And uh, does not uh, refer to Saturday night whatsoever, what his prospects uh, prospects may be. But we probably uh, have a better idea today. Anyway, uh, so we'll see how that uh, comes out. But like I said, who knows if he'll even play. Uh, or was even planning on playing. That's correct. That's correct. Anyway, they still say Alvin Kamara's been looking really good in practice. Of course, he's in a big-time shadow. We don't know what's going to transpire with that. It has been continued to October or, or 60 days from August 1st, uh, should be October 1st or somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, uh, in the meantime, the Saints uh, added a linebacker since uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one comes on and retires the next day, and they so they're looking for another linebacker. They bring in Chase Hansen, uh, who was a draft choice, I think, of Cincinnati a few years ago. Also, uh, they cut a defensive halfback in Dylan um, Maven and bring in Jordan Brown, who was also a, a draft choice and a seventh round pick by I think maybe the Bengals again. And also they bring in a defensive end of T.J. Carter. So some moves made by the Saints uh, to see what their their needs are. Of course, they're 90 men uh, on the preseason practice roster. They got to cut that back down to 53 with uh, I call it a taxi squad. They call it uh, uh, just. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the term they use for the uh, the old taxi squad. Uh, I want to say practice squad. Yeah, That's, practice players. Yeah, and you know they're compensated they're, they're, pretty yeah, well absolutely, too. Absolutely, absolutely. They're given. I want to say sure the league minimum. Yeah, and not only that, but the seven uh, during the regular season, if they're still on the uh, practice squad, uh, depending on your years in the NFL, they get anywhere from seven eight thousand dollars a week practicing with the Saints. Of course, they're getting their heads knocked in. Most of them are. Uh, or uh, well, practice and, and, and they could very easily be on the game day roster. That you not know, only that, but they can it, be picked off the Saints roster by another team, uh, meaning the the practice player. If and the Saints would have the right to bring them onto their active roster, correct? Uh, first and foremost, but you're right. Uh, if it, the Saints declined or any team declined to. Uh, do that then certainly they can be claimed that's right they're uh they can be so uh saints play saturday night at uh seven o'clock our time uh, we'll see how what takes place in the next few days here on bayou sports we'll keep you updated uh with what the saints may do with uh, regards to press conferences and things of that nature i uh, had doing a little more college uh here jeff uh you know, college football programs always uh, spout off uh, their DBU or their off quarterback U or their running back U or whatever. Well, uh, there, there was an analysis done that combines the college and NFL success dating back to 1998. And uh, on offense, quarterback U is Oklahoma. Runner-up is USC, Oregon, Alabama, and Louisville. 
Uh, and running back you is Alabama, Wisconsin, LSU, Miami, and Oklahoma. Wide receiver you, USC, followed by LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Tight end you, Miami, Iowa, Stanford, Florida, and Missouri. Offensive line you, Alabama, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan. And going to the defensive side, uh, defensive lineman you is Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State, and Clemson. Linebacker you is Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Penn State, and USC. DBU, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Florida, and Miami. Talking about special teams, kicker you, Florida State, UCLA, Iowa, Utah, Ohio State. Punter you, Texas A&M, Utah, Tennessee, Cal, and Georgia Tech. Found that interesting. You know, LSU always claims to be DBU. Ohio State nudged them out. Alabama's in there, too. But LSU's put up, uh, going back to Peterson back in the early 2000s, they've always had uh, tremendous cornerbacks and and along with uh, safeties. And another young man, Stingley. Uh, be making his way to the NFL this year. So uh, an interesting article uh, about two of the more talented programs putting uh, certain positions into the NFL. Oklahoma quarterback kind of surprised me. Yeah, and obviously the game has changed a little bit since they were running the uh, uh, wing tee over there or whatever offense uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska were famous for in the 70s into the early 80s. I know my high school football coach uh, was a disciple, I guess, of the Oklahoma Veer offense and stuff like that. Uh, But, yeah, uh, it is surprising to think that they're a quarterback university now. But, you know, you look at some of the draftees out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's what they looked at and based their findings on with uh, that combined college and NFL success dating back to 1998. So that's 24 years. So not too many players that played uh, in college in 98 are still in the NFL. But uh, I'm sure there's uh, one or two in Tom Brady. You know, Michigan wasn't on that list for quarterback you. I'm kind of surprised. You know, they put out some fine quarterbacks over the years. Uh, running back you, Alabama, yeah, they, when you think about the running backs that have come out of Alabama in the last few years, uh, LSU also on that list. I was going to say, I, I, you didn't think that just about every starting quarterback at LSU was drafted. Maybe didn't do much, obviously, Burrow being the exception. Right. But, but just about every starting quarterback out of LSU yeah, the last Jamarcus 10, 15 Russell, years. You know, look at it. He was the number one overall pick, yeah. even though he, he, he sold a little bit. He yeah. was the number one pick. And, uh, I mean, they've had some draft choices. And uh, going back to uh, 98, uh, uh, I'm trying to recall the two Matts, Matt Muck and uh, the other Matt, that uh, they both won uh, national championships with LSU. And, uh, as you mentioned, Burrow, just an outstanding quarterback for LSU, probably the the best quarterback ever to come out of LSU. But but it was often said of Les Miles that he didn't know how to develop a quarterback. True, true. Yeah, coming from run-oriented Michigan as an offensive lineman, you have to wonder. Anyway, uh, pretty interesting article here. And, of course, DBU, LSU has always put out fine cornerbacks and safeties, and uh, they're surrounded in the NFL. Of course, uh, Tyrone Matthew back with the Saints. So uh, let's see how he'll perform this year. And there were, yesterday, you know, we mentioned just for a moment there was another Saint that uh, is going to be out for a little while due to uh, some personal problems. I can't recall who that was right now. Uh with the Saints back in um, yesterday's uh, updates and all with the New Orleans Saints. But uh, the Saints right now, um, big picture is uh, Saturday night. We'll see how they look. And it's good to see how the backups look is what I'm saying, Jeff. You know, you build some depth to see how the Saints and, you know, most of these uh, players, they're going to be most of the stars being held out of this game, pretty sure. If they do play, they'll play a series, maybe two, and that's it. And uh, it's curious to see how that's going to take place, too. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, again, yeah, some people will look at the the coaches are going to look at the backups. You know, for the most part, the fans uh, get so bored with those games yeah, um, yeah. Uh, soon after. Um, yeah, and with the dynamic of only three now, I guess it's the second game or do they still uh, feature more starters during the third game? Because you still have two weeks off yeah. in case you do get a, a nick. But, yeah. uh, again. that's I guess each coach's difference in his preference with regards to how he's going to play starters. 
before the season starts and through the exhibition season. But I know for a fact I've known Saint fans for many years. They they give their exhibition tickets away, and uh, they don't plan on going to the games to the first uh, official game. So uh, I still think that's the biggest crime where uh, season ticket holders are forced to buy. You know, fortunately, <laughs> it's just one or two now. I mean. You know, in the days that there was three uh, home right. games, but that's right. But now you you hope for the year there's only one home game. I would imagine, <laughs> and I, I would imagine too that that's the year you get the extra home game during the regular season. True, true. Because not you alternate. That, but the Saints play in uh, England this year. I'm not know? sure if they lost a home game because of that. Uh, same not, here. I'm not same sure here. who's home or away. Anyway, in other NFL news, uh, Aaron Rodgers won't be disciplined for using uh, 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 basically uh, uh, teaching, uh, you know, with regards to his self-love and paving the way for back-to-back M- MVP. MVP seasons, but I'm laughing. Can't get out MVP, but uh, typical, you know, Aaron Rodgers tells that people he's taking these uh, hallucinogenic uh, drugs and he's not disciplined at all. So uh, NFL says uh, they just turn their hats on that. So uh, a quick uh, a quick note got a text just saying Matt Flynn made uh, uh, basically was another uh, saint. Uh, uh, I should say LSU quarterback uh, making uh, millions of dollars a year holding a clipboard. So, uh, anyway, um, LSU put in their share time with the quarterbacks. Elsewhere, Jeff. Uh, well, uh, let me um, go ahead. update. Uh, the Saints will be the home team against the Vikings in London, and they, they still have eight games in the Dome, but uh, their ninth home game, well, not their ninth necessarily uh, in chronological order, but uh, that is a home game for them, but it's in uh, – London. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if you wanted to get a ticket, would, would they add that on to your season no, ticket I'm, I'm package certain. over in uh, I, London? If you requested it, maybe. Okay. But All right. I, I know they don't mandate. Uh, they don't force you to buy that ticket. Oh, wow. Anyway, a little baseball news. A huge bummer for D.H. Matt Carpenter, front mm. runner for the AL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, hit a foul ball and it fractured his left foot uh, when he fouled off a pitch Monday. So, uh, Carpenter... Uh, fractured foot, you know, tough to get going. They might be out for the rest of the year, too. Of course, if the Yankees make the playoffs, I'm sure he'll be available. But uh, those type of injuries are hard to come back from, too. Yeah, you really just have to stay off of that foot. Uh, tough to put a cast around it. Yeah. So it's it's basically either a walking boot or you completely stay off of it. Uh, and I would imagine that's the goal. And it is a shame because uh, he's had such a great season for the Yankees. Yankees have some bats. Uh, they'll be able to fill in the blanks a little bit there, but you're going to lose a little something. Yeah, you you should, and you and they will. So, anyway, uh, we're right at the bottom half of the hour. Let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio FM 107.5 and AM 12:40. We'll be back with more right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday night for Southern Jack Productions, and on Friday it's Cajun Company for the best of the Tesh red carpet after party. And the next day it's Classic Country Saturday night with Butch Bourgeois. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and no bar with more outdoor seating. The Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years, 
The opportunity for advancement within dentals was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry. It has been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at denos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S dot com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, August the 9th. Uh, anyway, Hard Knocks this year is going to feature the Lions. It's the 14th franchise. Has, has it not begun yet? Uh, I think it starts uh, on the 17th. Okay. There's a season premiere uh, that night, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on HBO and HBO Max. So uh wonder if we got a phone call calling in there. Looks like it. All uh, right. Let's go ahead and go to the phones and say hi. You're in the air. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good, good. Hey, yeah, I heard y'all talking about preseason, and, and I couldn't agree more. What a ripoff for season ticket holders to have to buy that uh that game or, or two, you know, whatever, however it falls, uh, you know, because I mean, in the old day, I said the old days, not that long ago, really, in the, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, the kind of traditional thing when they had four games preseason, the first game, the starters played a half, the second game, they played a quarter, the third game, they normally played one series, and if that went poorly, they played a second series, and then the fourth game, they sat them. Well, now... You don't see any of the, in, in, you know, unless all the speculation was the other night because Josh Jacobs started for the Raiders and he was their number one back last year. Well, you know, he's on the trading block. They're trying to showcase him. You know, it, you just don't see, and it, it's it's a shame. You know, in reality, these preseason games are to evaluate about four or five guys for those final special team positions, mostly. Um, you know, you got a 90 man roster. You, got 53 active most teams plus you know the jaguars somebody like that but the, the better teams you, you maybe have two or three you know legitimate chances to uh to, to fill an opening but um it's a, what they ought to do is give the season ticket holders a chance to buy their if they want to at a reduced price maybe half price or whatever but they ought to donate the rest of them to, to like underprivileged youth to give them a chance to go to a to a game you know and and the NFL makes enough money where, and each team makes enough money where they could do something along those lines. Oh, I, I think they use those those uh, preseason sales to uh, pay bonuses and things of that nature. As you know as well as I do, the Saints. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, rationale how many season tickets the Saints sell. I'm sure it's in the above fifty grand a year, and I'm sure they still have a huge waiting list. So. Uh, and when you're paying uh, $275 for one of those tickets in the Loge, uh, man, right. it's just uh, <laughs> that's $5,000 for a pair of tickets for uh, the Saints' uh, uh, 10 games. Gee, that, that's just unbelievable. Before you start adding, you know, all the uh, the parking and the, even right. if you don't buy it up there, which you are going to, you know, it, it, yeah, it's astronomical. But it, it's just, uh, like I said, it's just a, it's a, it's a, Sham, you know, really, and, and uh, um, uh, you know, you're not going to guarantee you, you know, you're not going to see Winston playing in the in the preseason. You, you'll see Andy Dalton take a handful, but for the most part, you're going to see Ian Book uh, at quarterback, and you know, <laughs> so what, whatever. But, but hopefully, uh, it, he, hopefully, he won't look like a deer in headlights like he did in that one NFL game. <laughs> I can assure oh my you. God. Supposedly, he had a great practice, you know, practice uh, two practice, but I mean, you know. And that's the thing. The, the preseason used to genuinely be for evaluation. Football's year-round, basically. I mean, oh, it is now. You're right. A couple of months. Yeah, when, when they go right right after the draft, you've got the rookie minicamp, and then you go into OTAs, which basically are supposed to be voluntary, but except in a, a very few cases where they're in a contract dispute, they, they attend because they have bonuses tied to attending the OTAs and then OTAs you go into training camp. So you don't, you know, really don't need the preseason games to evaluate. I mean, it is a little different going against a guy in a different, you know, uniform. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they sometimes have these up. practices where they go against another team too. So, uh, right. And they're going to do that actually Friday again or Thursday, I guess, against the Texans. They're going to have a, uh, inter, uh, squad. Scrimmage, uh, which will be 
I'm, I'm looking forward to that to see if our boy uh, Penning can uh, control his temper. Yeah, that would be interesting. When he goes to somebody. Yeah, somebody right. An form. unfamiliar face, so to speak. Haven't heard uh, anything about Penning since uh, they pulled him out of practice after that third uh, time he was fighting his own team. Uh, have you heard anything since uh, midweek last week? He, he's been a he's been a model citizen since then. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, they uh, they interviewed uh, Zach Street yesterday uh, after practice, and, and uh, he said it was, and, and you know Zach Street. Of course, played for years for the Saints and is assistant offensive line coach, and he said it's uh, it's really nothing to worry about. And, and actually, I guess the kind of refreshing thing is his own teammates said there's no animosity at all. They admire his tenacity. It, 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 it hasn't spilled over into the into the locker room, which is uh, you know a uh, big plus. Bonus, you're, uh, you're right. You're right about that. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know my heart skipped a beat yesterday when I first saw the the because you. The first thing that flashed into my mind when they said Winston rolled an ankle, I'm like, oh, my God, Michael Thomas's ankle injury wasn't supposed to be that serious either, right. and it lasted years, you know. That's, that's right. um, Next thing you know, they're signing but, Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I saw that. No, that's okay. Um, I, as much as I... I don't think he can win the big ones. I, I'd rather go for Jimmy Garoppolo if it wouldn't cost much than Sam Darnold, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, but but it looks like he's – they actually say now it's more like a, sprain, a foot sprain and not really ankle. So that's yeah. actually, I think, better, you know. But um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, anyway, uh, and, and uh, I don't – you know, I, I don't follow Major League Baseball like, like I used to, but um, – but I just saw a little sad this morning that since uh, Joey Gallo was traded and uh, from the Yankees that the Dodgers are six and zero and the Yankees are I think zero and five. So I wonder if now you know you have the curse of the Bambino <laughs> years ago with the Red Sox you had the curse of the Gallo and now has befallen the Yankees. Yeah, well, you the know, curse of the cheap wine. Yeah, well, you know, Stanton's out, and also Rizzo has been out for a while, and they've, I think one of their pitchers, issues. you know, so they've got they've got players uh, that have missed a few games in the last few weeks. So, uh, in the meantime, yeah. uh, the Yankees, being the Yankees, uh, uh, they they've got total control of that division right now. I think they're up fifteen games or whatever it is over the Red Sox. So, uh, I don't see them. Uh, having any issues as long as they don't have any other major injuries. So uh, I'm not worried about them right now. But I think they like, since the All-Star break, they're like 16 and 25 or something of that nature. So, yeah, uh, and I still think uh, the, the uh, Astros are going to come out of the American League personally, and I think they have the the deepest, um, you know, roster. They uh, do. But, and they got a 39-year-old pitching lights out in Verlander so, uh, right now. He's just uh, on top of his game as a pitcher right now. He's probably the probably the best in the American League right now, throwing strikes and uh, just mopping things up. I think he's got an ERA under a two. Uh, so better with him. Yeah, he must be. Must be Nolan Ryan uh, showed a lot of that too in his forties. <laughs> threw a no hitter. Yeah, I think yeah. he threw two no hitters in his forties. Anyway, when uh, what's the uh, jamboree the uh, high school jamboree? 26th, uh, two weeks from Friday. Okay, man, it's hard to believe it's here already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, looking okay, forward guys, to it. Well, have, uh-huh. a, have, a great, have a great day. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate the call. As always, appreciate the call. Anyway, going back to Hard Knocks, it's the 14th franchise to be featured. I, I was incorrect. It premieres tonight okay. on HBO and HBO Max. It's scheduled. Uh, it's a five-episode series which follows That's the Lions. It? Just five episodes? Yeah, during training camp. It in- seemed longer than I know, that. didn't it? it also, Not that I've ever watched it because I don't here. have HBO. But ends two days before the NFL season begins. Uh, by the numbers, seven of the 17 Hard Knocks preseason teams have made the playoffs. The Lions are coming off a 3-13-1 season, seeking their first playoff berth since 2016 and hope to come the eighth of, uh, I guess, 18 teams to make the playoffs. So uh, we'll see what the uh, Hard Knocks uh, 
challenge is it begins tonight on HBO. So y'all, those of you who have HBO can watch that tonight. I think it comes on around uh, 9 o'clock our time, 10 o'clock Eastern time. And, it's and, late to premiere, but yeah. okay. Anyway, uh, the Broncos sales expect to be approved today, marking the fifth NFL franchise to be sold in the last decade. Uh, the others, uh, uh, of course, the Panthers in 2018, the Bills in 2014, the Jaguars in 2012, and the Browns also in 2012. So the fifth franchise, but uh, markedly the most, uh, 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 the highest price uh, to go. I think it was $4.65 million that the Waltons uh, have purchased the Denver Broncos. You know, one time. I'm, I'm the, surprised it's lingered this long that NFL owners couldn't get together to make that official. To, yeah, I don't know. Uh, some better transition time uh, earlier in the preseason or offseason than so close to the start of, you know, exhibition games. Uh, I would have thought NFL owners could have gotten together on that one a little bit quicker. And, and to my knowledge. Because there's no debate about it. Yeah, the Denver the Denver uh, Broncos, they were in a trust account, I think, once their owner had passed away, and they put he had it set up in a trust. I think Mrs. Benson has the same thing in that regard, uh, that whoever buys the Saints upon her uh, passing uh, it's not going to be handed down. She doesn't have any is, children. And and see, there was a family dispute uh, about it, too. Yeah, so. I think you're right. I think some of the Walton families uh, were uh, kind of different uh, on each. Uh, no, I'm not about the Boland kids. Oh, well, that's true. And that's probably why he was in a trust. He knew uh, there'd be uh, arguments about that. But hey, even the Walton family had a little, there was some uh, not so keen interest. But uh, I think the Walton family, if not the, the richest family on the face of the earth, in regards to all the uh, uh, old man Sam set it all up for each one of them. And I'm not even sure if they even uh, tender into the store or anything. They just uh, catch their dividends and watch their mm. stock improve e- over the years. So uh, the Broncos uh, should be approved today. And like you said, I mean, a phone call to an owner, what, what, I'm not so sure what the criteria is to uh, be an NFL owner other than having billions of dollars. Uh, of cash and uh, as we all know I, I, I mean i would hope that they care about the integrity of the game and wouldn't want to put somebody in ownership who's a mobster or you know someone who that that's the only thing you vet uh, a little bit for some character maybe but at the end of the day they're all monsters yeah it's a private club of 32 people was basically what it I is i say they're all monsters great uh, <laughs> miss benson has actually shown some very uh, high regard to that franchise, to the city, the the Pelicans as well. So I, I can't call them all monsters, but yeah. the most of them are. I mean, she's in her mid to, I think she's in her mid Upper to. 60s, if yeah, not 70 70s, Yeah, and I think that uh, uh, she could live another 20 years. So we'll look at the Bears. Uh, they've got to have the oldest owner in the league in Mrs. McClaskey, huh? Is she? I would say Virginia is, well, obviously she's uh, the heir to George Hallis, and George passed away 40 years ago, almost to the date. I think it was uh, fall of 82, or it was soon at, yeah, I'm certain it was my sophomore year in college. When Papa um, Bear passed away. Yeah, so it was, it was fall of 82, so she's been officially at the helm for 40 years, although her sons have really, at times, uh, dominated the structural uh, leadership. But she is the technical owner, and she still shows up to games. She's got to be. Oh, she's probably pushing 90? 100, yeah. Oh, I bet yeah, she's yeah. pushing 100. Uh, you know, I just got a text saying, was DeBartolo uh, form of that mobster crowd? Exactly. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, Eddie DeBartolo, uh, he and the governor, former governor of Louisiana, had ties in gambling and everything else. So, and again, they, uh, and they the pushed him out. That's him, right. Yeah. They sure did. I think didn't his daughter or maybe his children kind of oversee it for a while, and I don't think so. And I, uh, I, I, until I, they pulled, I mean, it. he may have stepped away, yeah, and then the kids for maybe a little while, but I don't, I don't recall. I know his kid was involved in, or brother, maybe uh, there, there was another 
DeBartle. I might be thinking of his dad, too. Uh, that, yeah, that could be a reason. That Eddie took over after his dad stepped away or yeah. something. Anyway, we'll take another break right now. We'll have our high school football coach in our last segment. Uh, so stay tuned uh, to that. And uh, right now, we're going to take another break here on Bayou Sports. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337 Center, 337-560-088. Or go to answertopain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scene. Chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangro, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, August the 9th. And uh, as always, uh, trying to give you a little update uh, with the... The NFL, uh, with things going on right now, uh, let's see what some of the news flashes are. The future of the NFL betting, why player props are expected to be king. Uh, uh, what to expect, you know, we talked about that with hard knocks with the Lions. How 49ers, Fred Warner, have elevated Brandon Ayuk's uh, game by annoying him. <laughs> Geno Smith, oh, up in Seattle, still leading the Seahawks in the quarterback battle. But uh, Drew Locke is gaining ground. Uh, you wonder how the Seahawks... Uh, I guess Wilson, they just didn't feel like they wanted to pay him all the bucks. Paul Allen, the owner. Of course, one of the uh, original uh, players in Microsoft, uh, Paul Allen. I think he still owns the Seahawks. Oh, absolutely. Well, did uh, he die and his wife has taken over? Uh, you might be, now that you mentioned that, you might be correct about that. I think she owns um, either Portland, uh, the basketball team in Portland, or somewhere. Along uh, it is Portland. Coast, I'm yeah. pretty sure she owns the Portland team because I remember... Who owned the uh, Supersonics? It was someone else. Uh, it wasn't necessarily. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Allen died in uh, 2018. Okay. And uh, before all the COVID. But uh, he was one of the originators. He, along with uh, our boy Bill Gates, he they were partners. Of course, Gates, I think, owned a, a greater majority of the stock. And uh, he became a multi-billionaire, bought the Seahawks uh, over a period of time. And, uh, of course, he probably wrote a check for him. Anyway, uh, another NFL news. Um, of course, the NFL kicks off, I think, again, uh, Jeff. Uh, they got a Thursday night game. The Giants uh, take on New England. Or I should say New England uh, brings in the Giants. Uh, it's a Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, Tennessee is also a Thursday night game at 6.30 against uh, Baltimore at Baltimore. And then the Friday night games, there are a few. Uh, Atlanta, Detroit, Cleveland at Jacksonville, Arizona at Cincinnati, the Jets at Philadelphia, Green Bay at San Francisco, and that's in line for the Friday night games. And then uh, you have a, a few games uh, Saturday. Of course, our Saints uh, Saturday night around 7 o'clock. Kansas City at Chicago at noon uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday. Carolina at noon also against Washington. Indianapolis takes on Buffalo at 3. 
Seattle at Pittsburgh at 6, Miami at Tampa Bay at 6.30, Dallas at Denver at 8, the Rams at the Chargers at 9, and Minnesota travels to Las Vegas. That's going to be a Sunday game at 3.25. So if you want to watch football this weekend, beginning Thursday night, there are plenty of opportunities to watch football games. I'd say at least seven of those games are on the NFL Network. Um, Yeah, a lot of them would be. You're right. Maybe, if not the NFL Network, ESPN, uh, CBS, Fox. I think ESPN has two preseason games, uh, one including a Monday night game, but I think they've also got a Thursday night game. In fact, I think it's the Bears next uh, next week, a uh, week from Thursday night. But uh, breaking, breaking NFL news. All right, I'm sitting down. The Cincinnati Bengals tweeted, we are excited to announce the jungle is now Paycor Stadium. <laughs> And I, I think that's appropriate that uh, the first word in there is pay, because that's all it's about, of course. Uh, it's a shame. And, again... I think they were one of the last stadiums not to have well, a, a we, sponsorship. We, we talked about this yeah. you know, a few weeks ago. Just before they announced this, uh, we were talking about how uh, Paul Brown Stadium was still Paul Brown Stadium, honoring the man who... Uh, built the Cleveland Browns, and then uh, after selling, and uh, I don't remember the circumstances around his selling Cleveland, and then uh, starting. I up think the he was Cincinnati more than Bengals. I think he was more pushed out more than anything, if my yeah. memory serves me correctly. When uh, the Bengals brought him in, or he might have, I think he put up the money to to uh, along with uh, some kind of syndicate and bought the put the Bengals together back in what sixty seven, sixty eight, sixty seven was their first year. And the Saints. Uh, yeah. And uh, Paul Brown, uh, just uh, one of the originals. You know, when he had Otto Graham back in the day, uh, you know, and they came, they came for the American All American Conference or whatever. Then a few other teams emerged into the NFL in the late forties, early fifties. And uh, Otto Graham, I want to say the Browns won three or four uh, NFL titles back in the early days too. Even the Lions under Bobby Lane back in the fifties won a few titles, and then along with the Rams, fifty. I think it's been that long. Oh yeah, it has. And Detroit, uh, the Lions are one of the uh, most. Uh, next to the Cleveland Indians, maybe uh, the longest since winning a title. Yeah, uh, I think you're right about that too. But uh, Paul Brown, uh, um, just uh, Guardians, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, he was one of those Paul Brown. I want to say he was a head football coach at Ohio State too back in the day, and I think he was one of those coaches that went from high school to Ohio State and into the NFL uh, with uh, Paul Brown. So, uh, of course. They named the team after him, uh, and uh, he later played a role in founding the Bengals. You know, as we won won seven league championships in a professional coaching career that spanned twenty five years. So, uh, passed away in ninety one at the age of eighty two. Um, was a college coach at uh, I played he or I should say he played at Miami of Ohio. They called that the uh, the. The, uh, I guess the, the, uh, starting ground for a lot of head football coaches who went to Marion. So he was at Ohio State from 41 to 43, coached in the Navy during World War II, then, uh, the Cleveland Browns from 46 to 62, and then Cincinnati from 68 to 75. Uh, and, uh, the, he was also the Browns general manager, part owner, it says here. So, uh, anyway, NFL yeah. champion, 50, 54, and 55. You know, his son, uh, Mike Brown spoke about the change uh, in the name. This is a move that I think my father would have agreed to. He was always for what is best for the football team. This partnership allows the Bengals to continue to compete at the highest level in the NFL and exemplifies our long-term commitment to the community. Now, I I don't want to downplay, and I don't know what the terms are. Uh, Most of these stadium uh, naming rights are around $3 million a year. That's right. We we talked about the fact that uh, who who just uh, changed their name? Heinzfield. Heinzfield, yes, Pittsburgh. That one from three to $10 million. And I don't know if that is uh, the norm anymore. But honest to goodness, is $3 million that impactful compared to what they're paying these players? I mean, I don't want to discount and say, yeah, $3 million on the books is uh, not going to make a difference. Uh, not an idiot, but to to sully the name, to to just change it every 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the case may be, is, is there no tradition that's worth $3 million a year? Uh, I understand what you're saying, too. I, uh, I don't get it, especially uh, when you're changing the name from the founder of the team. I, I, 
I don't get it. Yeah, and, and, and there's another way to work, incorporate uh, some sponsorship of the team other than changing the stadium. And I'll still go back, and I don't know uh, how much the Bengals paid for that stadium to be built. True. And whether the city or state um, picked up a good part of the tab of building that stadium. But but they won't see a penny of this. Yeah. yeah you know? You're right. You're right. I, I just, uh, it's just one of the things that uh, gets me. Yeah, and uh, I, I just think it's a cash flow issue for NFL teams. Uh, most of them own the stadiums. The owners own the stadiums, if my memory serves me correctly, even though the uh, municipalities know, the Saints, built the Saints don't own the stadium, no. but they seem to own the rights to everything that goes on in it. Yeah, or even, uh, but, you know. But the Louisiana, the, the state has uh, a board that oversees the yeah, Superdome the, as well as the Smoothie King Center, and and Zephyr Field, too, or yeah, whatever it's called right. these days. And they also owned uh, most of the buildings around the Superdome, too, the Saints do, no, and collecting rent from the state of Louisiana in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I had a friend from Franklin who was uh, head of the commission. Of the, uh, they called it the Louisiana Exposition, I believe, uh, Alan Zombreaker was uh, the head of that commission for a while. He's an attorney in New Orleans, originally from Franklin. Played at Hanson back in the day. And uh, they... Uh, they they uh, kind of oversee the Superdome, and I think it's a UL grad that also is the head uh, of the Superdome with scheduling and things of that nature and all. So I can't think his name escapes me right now. I think it's – I want to say it's an A-Bear, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, Jeff, uh, just things going on in the NFL Louisiana right now. Louisiana Stadium and Exposition District. Um, yeah, they've got board members and all Yeah, of that. And I want to say, uh, of course, on the board, there was an A-Bear, because I know he made arrangements back in the day when the Saints were removing their uh, turf to get a new turf. Uh, he ended up working with uh, the UL people, and that's the turf. I think it's in the USL, or excuse me, UL uh, indoor facility right now. So, uh, anyway. Kyle France is the chairman, uh, Wells Watson, uh, Henry Baptiste. Casey Roban, uh, Hillary Landry, John Alario. Go figure him finding a spot there. Glenn Smith, uh, they are on the board. Yeah, Glenn Smith was a tailback at LSU back in the mid-60s, I want to say, uh, from Holy Cross. So uh, he uh, he's on that board, too. So uh, anyway, uh, they make a lot of decisions So in that regard. Why don't we go ahead and take our break, yeah. uh, check in with Coach Terry Martin over at Lauraville High School and See what his team's up to uh, two weeks out of the Jamboree, a week before uh, scrimmages. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Terry Morton right after this. Where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry. It has been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at danos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S.com. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday night for Southern Jack Productions, and on Friday it's Cajun Company for the best of the Tesh red carpet after party. And the next day it's Classic Country Saturday night with Butch Bourgeois. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and no bar with more outdoor seating. The Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports, uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, Jeff Boggs along with Tony Landry. And Coach Terry Morton's on the line with us. Uh, good morning, Coach, and uh, how are things going over at Lorville? Good morning, man. Uh, thank you for having me on, first of all. And, uh, you know, just like everybody else, we're pretty excited to get a new season going. Uh, it, it seems like, again, for the, you know, for the first time in a while, you know, even last year, there were still some questions about how everything would go. But, as, you know, so far, God willing, it, it almost seems like it, it used to be a, a normal start to our season. Just like everybody else, you know, even though we're very fortunate to have a turf field, man, the, the typical Louisiana, here we go, that we finally get started football, and every day we have these storms and lightning. So, oh, you're just right, like everybody Coach. else, it's you're one right. of the most frustrating things we've got to deal with. Well, Coach, uh, you know, another year for you at Lorville, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this your fourth or fifth year at Lorville right this now? This is my actually uh, my fifth. Uh, your fifth year at Lorville. So, uh, of course, you've lost a couple good players, but always uh, Lorville finds uh, kids to come through for them each year. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your team this year? Uh, like you mentioned, you know, we, we, we lost uh, some explosive players that we had, uh, a couple of four-year starters on uh, two kids, actually, well, on an offensive and defensive line. But I think that the biggest area of concern where we needed to, that we need to replace is going to be in our secondary. Uh, we lost all four starters, both safeties, both corners, and we actually lost the two outside linebackers. So, you know, a, a big concern going into the summer and was kind of, you know, continued on into now is going to just to try to get those young guys, those inexperienced guys, up to speed on what we want to do on the back end of our defense. We think that, you know, we can still be pretty pretty decent inside. Uh, we, we got, you know, two starters and actually got a third guy with a lot of experience on our defensive line, and our two inside linebackers are back, uh, two rotators are back. So, you know, we, we, we should have guys that potentially can do pretty well right there. But uh, just again, we you know, we still, we still a little lacking in size, but... Uh, but I think, you know, inside or defensively, hopefully we can start off pretty well. It's just going to be, again, how quickly can those guys at the back end learn what we want to do uh, when, when we unfortunately have a few teams early in the season who are very good. A couple, of, I think, will be very good throwing the ball. So, you know, that's going to be our, our number one concern going into this season. Now, now, offensively, Coach, of course, you lost the Jacob Twins, who were fine players for you, quarterback and wide out. And also right. you lost a running back, but he has a younger brother that's back. Uh, uh, why don't Correct. you tell us a little bit about your offense this year? Yeah, and, and you know, again, it, you know, a lot of we can still do a lot of the same things. Uh, we will do a couple of new things that we haven't done much of uh, since I've been here, as far as running the ball and in some of the play action movement. It's some stuff that I did for years uh, early in my career, all the way up until you know, probably the, the first five or six years at Cecilia. But towards the end of my, the time there, we ended up getting more skilled guys, and and you know, everybody started going to where you know. It almost became more basketball on grass. You know, you got to spread everybody out and, and get your athletes the ball in space, trying to make people defend the whole field. And that's kind of what we've, you know, what we've run the last several years. But, you know, we'll probably go at sometimes a little more to uh, a two back run and attack at times. I think we're going to be a little more tight end based. Uh, in fact, you know, we're talking about what we're going to put in today. One of the particular screens we used to run, you know, if you don't have that, that, that really dominant guy outside on the perimeter, you know, is this something that we want to do? And so we're just looking at things, what way to modify, you know, slight changes. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, the, the kid coming back, Evan Simon, you know, we lost Ethan Simon, but his younger brother, Evan, uh, is, is coming back, you know, had a really good second half of the year uh, last year, Evan did. Uh, he's a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. He's probably up to about 184 right now, you know, where he was a little bit lighter than that. But uh, so far, you know, he's having a really good preseason, and uh, he's a guy that we're going to obviously have to try to get the ball to a good bit. But, uh, you know, overall, I think I've mentioned it before to a couple other people, I think this is what makes high school football so interesting is that even though you, you have the same basic philosophies on offense and defense each year, you kind of have to fit 
what you're going to do on your personnel. It's not like in college where you can recruit certain kids to fit. It's not like in the NFL where you can draft them. Right. And so that, that's kind of what we're looking at. You know, I, I think that always makes it exciting. Take what you what you want to do or what you're used to doing and tweak it a little bit depending on the guys that you have. And I think, you you know, always you can find strength. Maybe, you know, you know we may be weak in this area, but with this group of kids we can still basically do the same thing up front but be a little bit stronger doing this instead. So that's kind of where we are right now. You know, that's with the, the preseason far. You try different things. Uh, and some of those things we did try in the spring. And, uh, you know, we know we're going to go with them going into the season. But just, you know, again, just happy to, to finally get on the field, you know, and play real football. Well, Coach, uh, I'm looking at your schedule here. And uh, your first regular season game looks like you're playing Erath over in Erath. Is that correct? Correct. And then correct. followed by DeQuincy, uh, Vermillion Catholic, uh, North Vermilion, Welsh, West St. Mary, then the district schedule, West St. Mary, yeah, Franklin, uh, Ascension Episcopal, Catholic High, and Delcom. So uh, uh, just uh, in your first game, without giving away any uh, Erath, uh, you know, uh, a team in the area, even though they're next door in uh, contiguous uh, Vermilion Parish, what can you tell us a little bit about them? Man, I, you know, that, that's, a, uh, again, personally, when, when I just look at who we're playing, uh, the, the thing that kind of worries me, is that, you know, we're kind of expected to maybe take a little bit of a step back, you know, maybe not, like I said, not be as flashy and, and uh, as explosive as we were uh, last year. But when I look at our schedule, it seems like every team that we're playing has gotten better. And, that, you know, that's kind of always a concern. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, yes. and, and, you know, they're, they're you know, year it looks like they're poised to have a really good season. Got a bunch of guys back, got some really good skill players on offense. I know they got... A good bit back on defense, so you know I think they're going to be one of the teams in our area that's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, the Quincy is a team that runs the ball a lot, and but but I, I saw them at the state track meet, and they got some good looking kids. You know, so they, you know that's going to be a tough task. DC played a bunch of young kids. You know, they had a freshman start at quarterback, but he ends up being the MVP of the district on offense. Oh wow! Uh, they have a phenomenal, I think, high school football player. And, you know, the kid who's a linebacker, guys, I can't remember his name right offhand. I do remember he's number eighteen. And uh, I'll just just watching film of him last year. He's just a, a, an exceptional, just uh, violent high school football player. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I know he made all this. He probably was the district MVP on defense. Played tight end for them this year, but I think they're going to move him to a running back. They have another really uh, explosive kid in Trayvon Moore. If you remember, his his, his dad was a great player at Abbeville mm-hmm. uh, way back in the, in the 90s. So, uh, you know, I, I think, and they actually won the Quick Snipe tournament uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, again, a dynamic offense, you know, week three. Uh, week four, we play North Vermillion, who they're kind of an unknown because they, they're actually switching what they're doing on offense. You know, they, they were more of a spread team last year. And uh, this year, they're going to try to run the ball and kind of, I think they're taking more of a, I think they put the wing team in, actually, in, in the spring. So that's kind of, you know, not too sure what to expect from them. And then we have uh, Welsh coming in, who uh, they, they have a new head coach uh, the last year or so. And I saw a film of them last year of one of our other opponents. They look to be really explosive on offense, too. So when you look at those first five games, we, we definitely, you know, I think, again, you know, we play well. We take care of the ball. We limit our penalties. We have a good shot in all those games. But, you know, we could just very easily lose every one of them, you know, just because it's some really good football teams. So I think it's a great challenge for us. Uh, you know, hopefully, again, we, we, we continue to improve a little bit each week. But I think, again, the key to our season is going to be if we can play more disciplined football and, you know, limit our mistakes, uh, you know, maybe more than we've done in the past. Uh, one of our kids mentioned in an interview, I think, on the, on the media day at KTC, you know, he said last year we kind of always relied on, you know, we knew that, that Caleb and Colin could make a big play at any time. So he said, that we, you know, I don't think we were always as disciplined as we needed to be on both sides of the ball because we figured they could just, you know, we'd make a play when we have to. And he was exactly right. You know, sometimes when we weren't playing our best football, you know, one of those suckers pulled out something late in the game for us to win it. Well, you know, we don't have that this year. So I think that's going to have to be our approach just to be more of a blue-collar, hard-working, disciplined football team. And I kind of enjoy that if you want to know the truth. Pretty astute observation by uh, a student, uh, no doubt. Coach, uh, if you could uh, tell us uh, about your scrimmage, uh, I would imagine late next week. And what's the format of the Jamboree this year? Okay, uh, come, coming up, well, you know, we typically, we've been playing hands at Firefall scrimmage, 
and uh, we're going to do, you know, once again do it. And I think, again, like I mentioned, how fortunate we are to have that turf field. I've, uh, I've been fortunate since I've been here. We've had our scrimmages. You know, coaches, if, if they know they don't have to worry about the mud, you know, and then at the home the home side, if you know you don't have to worry about teeny, you know, it, it, it's, it's been kind of easy to convince those guys to come and scrimmage here. We've been lucky. You know, I have a, a quarterback club who's always cooked for both teams. You know, that's kind of been my selling point the last few years. So, once again, we're going to have the, the fall scrimmage here. It's going to be on the 19th of August. Uh, we're on starting at 530 versus Hanson, who, that's, again, another team. You know, they got a new head coach uh, late last season, right before the, you know, the season started, and I think he did a phenomenal job with them. Uh, they have some really good kids coming back. Uh, they have they have a couple of football, baseball guys. One, you know, is one of the best ball play, baseball players in the area. But uh, a quarterback and receiver, they have one kid who's about 6'5". Uh, very familiar with, with a lot of our kids because they all play baseball together. And uh, I saw they have a really good running back that I saw at some track meets. He was a great-looking kid, you know, a really bowed-up kid that can run really well. So I think we're going to find out real early, you know, how we're going to stack up on defense on stopping people because we get to scrimmage them. I think they're going to be a much improved team uh, in our area. And then uh, this year, with uh, with Westgates and Nish, they play each other week one. They have decided to not play each other in the Jamboree. So uh, this year is going to basically be a small school, Iberia Parish Jamboree. I want to say, God, I think Westgate may be traveling Maybe the Lake Charles College Prep, I think, is Westgate's going to play, and this is going to play Franklin. So they're doing kind of their own separate thing in the Jamboree. And this year, the Iberia Parish Jamboree is just going to be the fall, uh, the four small schools. Delcom High School is the host, and uh, we're playing at Delcom. Uh, Delcom Highland, I want to say, play the first game, and we're going to play Jenner at the second game, but this year it's on a Thursday night only. So that's going to be the 25th of August at Delcom. And mentioning up-and-coming schools, I, I think, People are going to be surprised by Jared this year. Uh, they, they have a lot of talent coming back, a lot of experience coming back. You know, again, they're bumping down to 1A, and uh, they, they have one of the best players in the area, and Richard Lumpkin, who's going to be a senior, uh, one of the best guys I've seen in, in a while in this area. He's going to be back. Uh, he'll probably play quarterback, running back, and do just about everything for him. He'll play on defense. They have one of the bigger, better tight ends in the area, and they have one or two other players. So I, I'm, I would say they probably have three four college-type kids on, on their football team. And uh, just talking uh, to Coach Paul a couple of weeks ago when we did the media day, he said this is the best offseason they've had, best summer they've had. You know, he's averaging, I think he just said, maybe 40 kids a day, you know, over the summer. Most of their kids are showing up. He thinks he's going to have good leadership. So with their bumping down to 1A, I, I think they're going to really, you know, they, they have a chance to be pretty decent this year. So once again, Starting off with the scrimmage and the jamboree, it's, it's not easy for sure. You know, we, we'll find out real early what type of team we're going to have, I think, in those two preseason games. Real good. Coach, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, we look forward to this conversation each Tuesday at about 8 o'clock uh, throughout the rest of the football season. But thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, any final thoughts before we let you go? Oh, once again, man, I just I hope everybody's as excited as we are. Uh, you know, we actually started something on you this year. Uh, we ended up, you know, I ended up biting the bullet. We had, a, we had a big issue with some of our uniforms last year, and I bought brand-new home-and-away uniforms. We got a lot of bills to pay. So I had a couple of, uh, of our boosters and with our administration. We're going to try to start reserve seating again. It hadn't been done over here in a long time, but, uh, you know, they've, they've been working really hard on doing the different sections of our stadium. We can offer two or three options, so uh, I'm not at all uh, a Facebook person, but I know they've been putting the different information on Facebook. I actually shared all the information with our parents last night on our parent app, but for those Lowerville people who may be hearing this, uh, just I want to say they have a couple of dates set up at Town Hall, but if uh, any, you know, if you can get with anybody who's on social media, it's, it's kind of on all our Lowerville area Facebook pages. We're going to try to do, besides that Tiger Den area, but just... Uh, do our whole stadium where we people can reserve tickets, you know, with a slightly higher cost for them, but, but not much. Uh, I want to say, you know, you could do for the season, I want to say it's $75, so it's about $30 more than what they would pay at the gate. But for the whole regular season, you have your seat set up. You know, you can now hopefully we can get more people tailgating around the area and uh, you know, just a way to, to get more people involved and hopefully raise a little bit more money to help with our our bills because you know again a typical football season you look at it anywhere to thirty five forty thousand dollars 
that yeah. you have to, to spend every year. Yeah. And and so, how many jerseys did Ethan Simon go through last year? He actually went through three. <laughs> he wore three different numbers, and we actually had five jerseys that were ripped beyond repair. Yeah. And again, it, 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 we, we, we got these jerseys, I'll be honest with you, because we didn't have all the money we needed. I went the cheaper route and actually bought a reversible football jersey. You know, where, where you, you wore one side for home and wore the other side for the away games, and it was just a way to save money. I have a good friend who who's in the business. Uh, he's on the board of directors. I serve on the board of directors for the football coaches, and he does this on the side. And, you know, he he, he did tell me, you know, look, most people, it's kind of like a one- or two-time use, and they use them for practice. And, and But, you know, I talked to other coaches uh, who had them and were really satisfied with them. But for whatever reason, last year, we just went through a ton of them. And uh, so, you know, again, I've always told people, look, I, I, I'm not going to be crazy with the money, but when I leave, I can't take it with me. And so everything we get, I try to get the best of the equipment, the best of the, you know, everything we do for, for our players. And so this year, they're going to be wearing brand new Nike, you know, really nice high-end uniforms. And so, you know, now we got to just figure out how to pay for it. You know, so we need to get a bunch of people here. Hopefully this, this fundraiser goes well with the reserve seating. And we can make the money we need to, you know, to keep our kids in, in the best that we can get. There you go, Coach. Uh, again, thanks for joining us. Best of luck. I believe uh, students start reporting tomorrow, huh? Tomorrow. It's time, man. It's time. We need to get them on campus. So that way, I don't have to worry about if they're going to show up for practice. <laughs> All right, Coach. Uh, again, always a pleasure. We'll look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. Thank you all very much. Y'all all have right. a good week. Thank you. Appreciate Coach. that, uh-huh. Coach Terry Martin over at Laurelville. Always. Uh, Willing and able, and and I know we want to do uh, today in sports history, but before I go, uh, got a, an alert from the NIPD. They're asking for the public's assistance with locating a runaway juvenile, a 13-year-old, Acacius Angel, uh, last seen leaving a residence in the 400 block of Caroline Street about 10 p.m. last night. Uh, five foot five, weighs 180 pounds, uh, African American female. Uh, again. Uh, Information on her whereabouts can be reported by calling an IPD at 369-2306 or Crime Stoppers 364-8477. Yes, and today in sports history, August 9th, an abbreviated uh, number here. In uh, 1925, the only time Babe Ruth was pinch hit for by Bobby Veach, and he flied out to the outfield. Meanwhile, Jesse Owens, uh, fourth day in a row, uh, Jesse Owens is part of the American 4x100 relay team that wins gold in a world record 39.8 at the Berlin Games, his fourth Olympic gold medal. In 1946, the first time all Major League Baseball games, that's eight of them, of course there were only 16 teams in the league, all played at night. First time that ever happened. What Major year was baseball. that? 1946. Mm. All major league teams played at night. Obviously, the Cubs were on the road. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, 1971, Satchel Paige introduced, uh, introduced into Baseball's Hall of Fame. On this date in 1975, and I was there, the first NFL game in the Louisiana Superdome. Houston beats the Saints 13-7, to and Billy White Shoes Johnson ran the opening kickoff back. Extra points good, and the Saints were down uh, 7 nothing before 15 seconds gone in the game. Elsewhere, uh, in 1987, uh, the L.A. Rams beat the Dallas Cowboys 28-27 in London, and I think that was the first uh, NFL game ever held in uh, in Mario, England. On in this date in '88, the Cubs beat the Mets six to four. The official night game at Wrigley Field. Of course, the night before it rained, and the game was halted after four innings. Elsewhere, in 1992, future six weight boxing champion Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, the U.S. beats German uh, Marco Rudolph to win the light heavyweight gold at the Barcelona Olympics. In 2002, Giants outfielder Barry Bonds hits his 600 home run. And over the weekend, I uh, forgot to mention, he also hit 756, which passed uh, Hank Aaron. I believe that was in 2008. Elsewhere, uh, 2012, Jamaican sprint star Usain Bolt wins the 200 meters at the London Olympics, running a 19.32 to become the first to win the 100 and 200 and double and back-to-back in the Olympics. And our quote of the day from Leo the Lip, he said, I've never questioned the integrity of an umpire. Their eyesight, yes. <laughs> our quote of the day from Leo the Lip. Anyway, Jeff, uh, back to you uh, by your score, sports. Uh, any other headlines you may have out there? No, that'll wrap it up. But uh, I do want to thank our sponsors, including the Headache and Pain Center, Schwing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, and L.A. Classic Roofing. 
News is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes and then Lee Kay and the Breakfast Club. Back at it in just a bit. Stay with us. And by the way, tomorrow, uh, Rick Hudson uh, will join us from Highland Baptist. And again, big thanks to Coach Terry Martin joining us today. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia.